Welcome to another episode of Acts of the Blood God, an independent RPG podcast. I'm your host, Kat Bailey. Joining me, as always, my lovely co-host, Nadia Oxford. Hello, Kat. I have lost all sense of time and meaning, and I don't know where I am right now. Hi. And also joining us, my other lovely co-host, Eric Van Allen. I just flew back in from Boston, and boy, are my arms tired. Oh, get out. <laughs> I'm done with you. <laughs> Was that an attempt at a Boston accent? No, this is my attempt at a tired Texan accent because I'm exhausted oh. after. <laughs> I forgot what it felt like to go to a show. And so like I, I go in there and I'm like, oh, cool. I'm back. It's PAX, baby. And then my body was suddenly like, hey, you've been sedimentary for like two years. You're going to feel all of this twice as much. So yeah, I, I for, there are other reasons why PAX East was a long week, but. It, it was a very tiring week. I'm still recovering. <laughs> this week on Acts of the Blood God, we have an evergreen topic. Do you remember that time that we talked about bards? Well, this week we're going to be talking about white mages and more specifically healers in RPGs. It's an interesting topic. It's something that surprisingly we've never really covered on Acts of the Blood God. should make for a lively discussion. We'll also be recapping our time at Paxi's. We'll be talking about what I what has been happening in GeckoCon, and we'll be adding to our list of nominees, only eight to go, for our top 25 RPG remake, which is in just a couple weeks. Oh my God, it is coming up. Before we get to that, if you enjoy the show, do me a favor, leave a review on the podcatcher of your choice. It brightens your day and helps the visibility of the show. You can follow me on Twitter at the underscore capot. Nadia is at Nadia Oxford and Eric is at Seamusi, S-E-A-M-O-O-S-I. We also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash bloodgodpod, where if you support the podcast, you get tons of bonus content, including the Pantheon of the Blood God, which is coming up, uh, well, in just this week, actually. We're going to be talking about Shadowrun, Dragonfall, and we are going to have Liana Hafer, and Jason Wilson on to talk about that game with us. Will it join the Pantheon? I actually have my doubts, but we'll see. We'll see. It's, uh, it's going to be a lively discussion either way. It's going to be very lively. Yeah. That's the fun part of talking about these games. They're really great. And of course, as always, we're doing our live recording with our Stars of Destiny. And this week we have Teeps, Sardinelles, Abbey of the Moon, Beware the Slimes, Brian C. Nerd, Drew RWX, Not Hollow, Spyrus, Victor Hunter, hello, Victor, and Weeb Lord. Thank you so much to for the support from our Stars of Destiny. You're lovely, and we love you. A couple ah. more items for you. Uh, yeah, the D&D stream, it's happening in a week. We oh have God. some cool art. Wow. It's yeah, really great. Did. I actually spent um, the other day, as of the time of this recording, uh, Shivam and I were going over my character, and I actually made the numbers work now, so it's... <laughs> So I should be able to play. <laughs> yes. Yay, numbers. Yeah, that's one of the tricky parts about doing this D&D thing is, on the one hand, we want to be able to play the characters we want to play. On the other hand, we also have only three people, and we need to yeah. make a balanced party, which is why I'm yeah. a paladin. Yeah, and I was thinking in terms of like putting stats into a video game character, hence why I had like like 18 dexterity and 6 strength. And Shivam mm -hmm. mails me and says, Nadia, why does your character have six strength? I don't know. I've never rolled a character before. I'm just... <laughs> Tiny I, I bird bones. 
that's what he said. He's like, your your character, if your character break tried to an lift arm up a when sword, they, door, yeah. they tried to lift up a sword, their arm would break off. And that would be an interesting character to play, like outside of what we're doing. But for for the purposes of being like, you know, getting something done here, I, I can't play a character that like has glass bones, unfortunately. Maybe someday. Yeah, Nadia and Eric wanted to play the cool DPS characters. And so much in like, I don't know, uh, League of Legends or Overwatch or something, I went, ah, I guess I'll play as the the tank slash healer just so that I can make sure that we have these things. I'm always the one who's filling the gaps in the party, as it were. Hey, I know how to tank. I tank all the time in FF14. I don't <laughs> heal, true. though. When I'm playing heal. Pokemon Unite, I always <laughs> seem to end up playing as a tank or something because nobody wants to play a tank. They want to be the jungler. And I'm like, why do you want to be a jungler? For God's sake. I know it's fun and all. <laughs> I didn't I know, know you, you want to carry a league sicko. Wait, this is a new revelation. She for plays me. Pokemon. Uh, it's Pokemon Unite. Okay, this is Unite. Okay. Yeah. So, right. You're on the slippery slope. I forgot. Yeah, the only good MOBA. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're not you're not wrong because Dota is not a MOBA, but also Dota is not good Ouch. for your soul either. So <laughs> no, it's not. It's really not. The only reason, or the only reason I don't play more Pokemon Unite is that I don't have a regular group. If I had a regular group, I would totally play a lot more Pokemon right. Unite. It's, it's a bad. It's actually slope. pretty fun. I'd stay off it. It's a bad time. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were in boston just recently specifically eric and nadia they had an excellent panel along with scott white and ash paulson in which they talked about the state of final fantasy sounds like we have an amazing crowd if you came out to pax east and met with us thank you so much thank it's you amazing we had a great time eric nadia tell us all about your experience at pax east oh god well for one thing uh I remember my knee has been busted since I was mm-hmm. 20. So mm-hmm. <laughs> you actually a, had to leave your house. You were like, oh, God. Oh, God. Yeah. See, I do a lot of low impact. Uh, since I have fibromyalgia, I do a lot of low impact stuff. Like I do I have a, 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 a desk cycler that I use all the time. But mm-hmm. that's not the same, I guess, as standing up and it's not. having to walk. So beyond the pain, the, the wretched, wretched pain, I actually had a great time. I was surprised by how big our crowd was. Like probably the biggest crowd we've ever had for a, a blood god panel. So thank you if you came out. It was a good turnout. I, I was really happy with it. Like um, I, it was the weird one because that was the one that uh, was actually live streamed. I feel like we forgot to, oh, we forgot <laughs> to, like, to yeah, publicize is there, like, that. Footage of um, that anywhere archived? Oh no, we we have the full footage. We have the oh, full good. bod. Yeah, uh, it's the last episode. So, so do the police. the The police are, are aware <laughs> of the video. Not talking about the camera, um, like the camera stuff. Oh yes, yes. Like oh, okay. I have the MP4 of our panel. <laughs> okay, like I said, go ahead and throw that in the throw it in the ocean. Yeah, it was um, it was a really good time. We had a rowdy crowd. Uh, people got into it. Uh, the little jokes I put in the PowerPoint managed to land. I was very happy about that. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, it's and we had a bunch of we had a good time. We had folks come out. It, at the panel so whiskey jack uh hung out yeah. with us for a bit and there were a few other people who were blood god fans came and hang out and then i forgot to tell you this nadia but i was as i was in line one of my someone i know who was working a booth during the show uh was basically solo working a booth and was like i cannot get away i have not eaten yet and i didn't eat last night either can you please just go get me something for the food trucks and i was like i've got no appointments this morning i'll go get you something i'm standing in line and i'm talking up some people who are in the line in front of me, you know, I'm a social guy. I like that about packs. I like being able to talk to people. How's your show going? What's going on? Um, 
we started talking about D and D because the person in front of me is like, I'm here for dice. You know, video games are cool. Tabletops cool. Yeah. But there's some dice here. And I get that now. I get that like desire for dice. But I was, I mentioned that I was like, Oh yeah, I've got this like D and D game. We're going to play coming up pretty soon. You know, we have a Patreon and I was trying to be casual about it. Cause I never want to be the guy that's like, huh? Well, acts of the blood God. Uh, an RPG podcast. Oh, we you may Western. have heard of us, uh, but <laughs> I was like, uh, you know, we're, we we recently hit a goal and we're doing a thing, and and a guy, two guys in front of us is like, wait a minute, you have a Patreon, you just hit a goal to do D and D, Acts of the Blood God. And I was like, yeah, Mary. He's like, dude, I just started listening to you. You're oh, awesome. great. This, and so we have we have fans. We have fans, and more and importantly, for you, a new fan. Welcome, new yes. fan guy we in love the waffle you. line i hope you enjoyed your waffles i don't know what kind you got those uh, were good waffles i have to say i i didn't try the wall i should have tried the waffles i was there like why was i buying waffles for somebody else and not trying the waffles myself i was trying to eat healthy i was trying to be like not <laughs> good just luck at eating Forget convention it. food yeah uh but yeah no it was, it was a good time i did buy dice for the show uh for the D show i bought uh, Yennefer themed dice from the <laughs> nice. Witcher booth. Uh, so I was very happy about that. So I'm prepared for D and D now. Uh, and it was a good show. I think it was smaller than, than, you know, 2020 PAX East, obviously 2020 PAX East was cramped. Honestly, like the second you got on the show floor, it was just shoulder to shoulder. And that was like so. at the start. Very healthy. Plague, wasn't it? <laughs> it probably didn't help anything. Yeah, this this one like booths were spaced out and obviously there weren't any major players in yeah. town. Uh like the largest booths were probably Tiny Build, obviously. Um Devolver just all Yeah, yeah. De- well Devolver's was really small. Like I even uh like I, I mentioned that to them and, and they were like, We know, we know. Like it's they had a kind of small booth, like they needed to expand mm. it a little bit more, I think, but they had a lot of stuff they were showing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but like Larian was there showing off Baldur's Gate 3. Nothing new. They just had Baldur's Gate 3 out and they had a um a mind flayer that you could take a picture with. I did see Asterian and Shadowheart cosplayers at one point, but <laughs> I didn't get a chance to get a picture with them. I, I got a lot of pictures of FF14 uh, FF14 cosplayers. I shared mm-hmm, some mm-hmm. on the uh, Discord. Uh, did you get a chance to play any games on the show floor, Nadia? No, like I was telling you before the show started, um, if you're it used to be like when I worked in the industry, it was like you had your appointment, you'd go, you play the game. Mm-hmm, now, mm-hmm. if you're a schmuck, a regular schmuck, you have to line up and it's like, hey, if you want to play Ninja Turtles, the line is three hours. I'm not lining up three hours for Ninja Turtles. You should have got a media play badge. You probably could have got a media I badge. I probably could have gotten a media badge. Yeah. I might try for that next time. Yeah. Um, I didn't take many appointments, but I did go see a few things that are of blood god interest. So I saw WrestleQuest, which was Oh, how is that? Oh, that game. It, it, it is a turn based RPG about pro wrestling action figures that has a bunch of uh i don't know if you call them like golden age wrestlers but like macho man randy savage jake the snake uh jeff jarrett is like a major consultant on the the project um but it's not actually them right it's like you know no it is them is a hundred percent they're and and i actually i spent a lot of time non-unit equivalent yeah no no it is them is macho man randy savage is in that game uh, I spent a lot of time talking to the developer and he was like, yeah, we've had like so many lawyers. And he was like, honestly, that's a lot of the like finishing of this game is there was there was stuff in that demo that they definitely need to tune up and they're aiming for this year. But uh, uh-huh. he was like, also, 
we're just like really going over it with lawyers to make sure we are 100 percent clear with all the licenses and all the potential rights issues we could run into because it's not even just likeness but it's whatever uh promotions they were with back in the day and stuff like that uh but so here here's my pitch on it i think WrestleQuest is to wrestling what golf story is to golf where you take this sport that maybe you don't gel with on you know immediately like you yourself i myself am not honestly a huge wrestling fan i don't watch a ton of pro wrestling i have to follow it because i'm in the games industry and for some reason the games industry all watches pro wrestling for some reason it does yeah but uh so i'm aware of it but this is a game where because they're not working with the wwe and because they're working with action figures they get to do some cool things like part of the setup is that there's action figures of these wrestlers but there's also like just action figures so there's business gundam who's literally just a gundam (laughs) in a business suit that is a wrestler and it's the greatest thing in the world uh but they also get to deal with like actual issues so one of the main things that comes up first is there's two protagonists and one of them is completely sincere completely believes that wrestling is real and and it's real to me bro yeah the other person (laughs) is a complete jobber like just loses for the sake of losing all the time to make the promotion look good. And he believes that if he puts in his dues and he gets his butt kicked out there, uh, he'll get in good with the higher ups and they'll eventually put him over, uh, you know, baby. And yeah. so you get to really like deal with some of that stuff. And then the actual combat is very paper Mario and the thousand year door. Uh, a lot of wow. quick time stuff, Mario RPG type stuff. Uh, you can pin people so you do enough damage to them and they drop on the ground and then you have to pin them and you do the chase meter thing where they have a bar that's moving and you got to stop yeah, the arrow on yeah. it to pin them. Uh, a lot of just fun stuff and a lot of like out of combat, like, you know, choices affecting whether you're more face or heel, which then affect the way you fight in the ring. And on top of that, one of the matches I played, I was supposed to lose because I was playing the jobber. So I had like objectives that I had to take off. And that was how I won the match was I had to like go in for the pin on the guy, but fail the pin because that would make him look really good because he yeah. heroically break free of the pin and then come back at me. And it was it was cool. I liked seeing not just a wrestling RPG, but a wrestling RPG that gets to play with those ideas and really explore what wrestling is because it, it it's like if a football game had to address the realities of football, you know, it's, it's compelling in that way. So yeah, I would rather have one of those than a wrestling RPG. I'll not going to lie, but I mean, I, I watched the trailer and I was like, I don't even like wrestling. Actually. I hate it. Sorry, Nadia, but I, <laughs> I don't like it that much. I, yeah. I absorb it by osmosis from my husband. Uh... You know, you seem really invested in it because you're always wanting that one guy to mm-hmm. come on the oh, show. Because I know like Samoa Joe is absolutely huge. And you have these yeah. wrestlers, like huge ass wrestlers who are like, wow, my favorite game is Final Fantasy VI. Yeah, Why wouldn't I want him on the show? Great. They're huge nerds. Yeah. There's a wrestler. There's, in I, I know. Right I know. Now, there's a, there's I a discovered in recent years that uh, these wrestlers are big nerds, which is kind of cool. Uh-huh. And Henry mm-hmm. Gilbert it keeps going, cat. Come over to my place. I will show you WrestleMania. I will make you a wrestling fan. And I'm like, sure. But also, I just don't want to watch big sweaty guys running into one another, even if they are good actors and they have superhero plot lines. But I probably um, like it. I I might actually check out this game. It looks kind of fun. Maybe they'll make a soccer version of it instead. I would play the soccer. (laughs) Inazuma. Yeah. That's that's winning eleven right there, yeah. I would like that. I, I would like one of Inazuma, but not Inazuma, or maybe mm-hmm. Inazuma, yeah. not made by Level Five. 
Mm-hmm. But we uh, are looking to maybe be at PAX West mm-hmm. next time. Yes. Uh, we'll see. Um, and maybe even I will go. That'd be a lot of It'd fun. be nice. It'd be nice. You should go. It's, I mean, there's pandemic stuff to be concerned about, obviously. And like, I've been testing every day since I got back. And I know a lot of people who were testing while they were there. And uh, I do think that's important. And one thing I would like to see is more readily available testing at these places. Um, But other than that, like, I felt pretty good about going there and everyone like obviously the people I socialized with were all very good about masking in, in public places and people were good about distance and about washing hands. It's weird to say that about packs like, Oh yeah, everyone was washing their hands, but no, like everyone was washing their hands <laughs> and they even were good in the about dude's bathroom in a packs, you know that that's a revelation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the apocalypse truly is coming. No, they were very good about like making sure everyone was max uh, masked and like, I couldn't get in until I proved I was vaccinated. So they were pretty good about keeping it on the uh, up and up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, Eric, you've been playing Fire Emblem, the Sacred Stones. What possessed you to pick up? Wow. Sneakily, actually a pretty fun What's going on with you? That was one of the easiest in the series. Oh, wow. You're going to rag on me. You're going to give me the backhanded compliment like that. I mean, it is. <laughs> it's one of the easiest. Mm. That that sure is a lovely little baby Fire Emblem you're playing. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Nothing wrong good. with that. Actually, uh, I really enjoyed my time with Sacred Stones. Uh, it I has love two Sacred paths. Stones. You can be a guy or a uh-huh. girl. Yeah, it's pretty uh, cool. So what I did was, people in the Discord may know, I was like sourcing questions all before the trip because I was like, okay, what am I going to put on my Switch? What am I going to play on my Switch? What am I going to play on the flight out? Because I got to play some Switch stuff. And then at the last second, I was like, you know what? I'm going to toss my my Game Boy Advance with my uh, my little EverDrive flash card on it into my backpack because maybe on the way out, something will possess me. And also, I did this really dumb thing where I have end of Evangelion the movie on my flash cart playable through the Game Boy Advance and I had to show it I'm to my sorry, friend. I'm sorry, what? Did you just Look, say you were watching end of Evangelion on your GBA? So sometimes... 200 pixels. Sometimes I get an idea and I just need to run with it and make it happen. You've learned this about me. I get like yes. really big, grandiose, stupid ideas and then I need to say like, I'm going to make this happen. One of those was... I'm going to watch Evangelion on the Game Boy because the Game Boy Advance famously had those carts that you could watch movies on. Wasn't everything in 16 colors? Why would you do that? You can watch movies. Oh, no. You could watch Pokemon episodes. This looks good. This looks good. I worked hard on this. This works well. It's only like one segment. I could only get the segment where the actual spoilers for end of evangelion uh, where the third impact is happening. Like I have the scene where the third impact is happening on my Game Boy Advance and I had to show it to a friend. Yeah. Where everyone turns into Tang. And so, (laughs) (laughs) um, and they're playing that like happy song as it's happening. God, I love Evangelion, but, um, great movie actually. Anyways, I, I threw it in my backpack and I was on the plane and I was like, do I want to get my, my switch out? Do I want to play switch stuff? And, uh, I, I instead pulled out my Game Boy Advance and, and right there was Fire Emblem Sacred Stones. I was like, you know what? I haven't played this in a long time. Fire Emblem, the Sacred Stones still slaps like that <laughs> game is yeah, so it does, yeah. good. It is so good. It is way too good. I mm, the pixel art of the Game Boy Advance Fire Emblems in particular is one of the most beautiful. I miss yeah. that. It's, so it's much. incredible. Me too. It's yeah. so good. 
I, I was sitting there just like looking and it's like a tiny screen and I'm I'm older now. My eyesight's not great. So I'm like sitting there oh, with this like so Game Boy old, Advance. Nadia. He's so I know. old. Oh my I, god! I don't know how I ever held this thing at arm's length because I'm sitting there on the plane like this. <laughs> so wait, is it an SP or is it an OG? This is this is the original SP. So what are you doing this with an OG? Not... Oh, an SP. Okay, SP. SP, yeah. SP. Okay. I also I also have an OG in in my closet, but I I never use it. Over at um, Experience Share, which I've plugged a few times on this podcast, they have. Uh, they frequently have modded OG GBAs with backlit screen. It looks really oh, gorgeous. I remember this is not modded whatsoever. This is original hardware to the point that there is like a slight discolorate, like crack thing in the screen on the side and all that. Like this is the SP yeah. that I played Advance Wars on for like a hundred hours easily. Uh, and yeah, Fire Emblem Sacred Stones is still incredible. I think there's something to be said about those tight, concise maps and the way that like they they very much are they're so much more punishing than i remember right like i'm so used to casual fire emblem now and i like casual fire emblem i enjoy casual fire emblem where there's no permadeath okay to be clear on that on that i i enjoy that i partake of that but there was something so good about these like every map is a challenge and i've got this one jerk of a journeyman who i'm just trying to level up because eventually his stats will be godlike but he will not freaking land a 68 percent hit and then the <laughs> other dude is holding a hand axe because i forgot to axe check him when i threw somebody else in so he's got a hand axe so he throws the axe back and you know i thought i was getting a free hit with the hand axe and no this nope. dude replies back and kills him and now i got a dead kid on the field and i'm going like well now i gotta restart the whole map yeah tell his mom <laughs> and yeah and i also i like sacred stones in particular because i think the story is really good the character design is really good and also you start with uh irika erica uh which mm -hmm. isn't just fun because it sounds like my name but she's uh, like more of a myrmidon type character oh, where I she's got Myrmidons the rapier and and she yeah. does like crits Did she you is just say rapier rapier okay rapier raymond pierre uh <laughs> it's uh uh, she like hits hard early on. She is not like typical sword bro that just like slams stuff like Ike. You know, Ike's mm, fine. I, I love guess. Ike. He fights for his friends. I Ike is a himbo of a Fire Emblem know, protagonist and I love him for that. But we have <laughs> so many friends. himbo Fire Emblem protagonists that like having Irika, who's this, you know, princess with the, like the the sword that can do crits and her crit animation is pristine even early on before you get any yeah. of the good weapons. Oh, it is so good. I, I love the GBA Fire Emblems. Uh, so that was me rediscovering my love for the Fire Emblem series on on a plane up in the sky because a flight from Texas to Boston is like five hours. So. I pass out. on the. I just passed out on the plane when I got on there. So I always pass out on planes. We are flying. We'll have these ideas about we are going to play. Oh, I'm going to finally play some um, yeah. Pokemon mm -hmm. Legends Arceus or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then you just find yourself playing Super Mario Brothers 3 for some reason on the Nintendo just, Switch Online. You're like, comfort okay, whatever. It's when so I, good. One time where I played Galaga pretty much, the or not Galaga, Gradius, pretty much the entire way to Europe. That's so. a good, yeah, that's a good way That's a good way yeah. to spend some time. I know. It's I, very uh, chill. It's very relaxing. I like those There was one games. year I was flying back from PAX and that from Toronto to, to um, Seattle or wherever was about five hours. So I'm like, uh, I, I guess I'll watch a movie. And I'm looking through the movies and they have uh, Won't You Be My Neighbor with the Mr. Rogers movie. And I'm like, uh, I'm not going to watch that because I'm going to start to cry. And I'll, I'll look stupid. And the guy next to me, right? 
Mm-hmm. I'll watch Coco. Mm-hmm. That's safe. So <laughs> by the end of the Are movie, you nope. Me? nope. I'm just like oh blubbering, God. and the poor guy beside me. How could I, I was possibly cry something. during this Disney movie about the concept of death? <laughs> Nothing will go wrong. Just the other day, I watched Inside Out, and I cannot. I, I've watched that movie several times now, and every time I cry. Every I watched that on the time. way to Japan. I ball watching that movie because it's Cat the movie. It's my movie. It's kind of like, I, I think Turning Red is Nadia the movie, but I haven't seen it yet. Because oh, it's I'm not set in Asian. Toronto? Set in Toronto, yeah, mm-hmm. and I turn into a panda when I'm uh, hangry. Oh, I knew it. Yeah, well, you were turning into a panda when you turned into a panda when you were going through puberty, just like me. Yeah, absolutely. That's how it goes. It happens to all women. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or werewolves. I was more of a werewolf sometimes. <laughs> Nadia, what have you been playing? Uh, actually, I'm, I'm kind of like Eric where I'm like, I'm going to bring my Switch and I'm going to play this, 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 and this. And I actually played Final Fantasy VI on my phone. The uh, the Pixel Remaster finally got a little bit caught up to that. I have to say the music in that game, the new music, is absolutely breathtaking. Like, that is one of Ooh. the best revisions of a mm-hmm. score I've ever, mm-hmm. ever, ever experienced. I was kind of holding so, my breath going, is she going to say bad or good? Bad oh, or no, good? Oh, no, no. It's, it's, it just slaps. Uh, there is some contention over the opera, which I did. And the reason for that is because uh, Celeste's voice actor for that scene is, uh, it could mm-hmm. be better, could be worse. But then I think of it this way. In that whole scene, Celeste is basically, well, she says herself, she's not an opera floozy. She is kind of picked off the street to, to do this role. So I'm like, okay, so maybe she's not, maybe she doesn't have this angelic voice because she's, you know, a schlub. She's like anyone else. The men are, the men part sounded fine. Still not exactly Phantom of the Opera over here, but no, it's a, uh, it's actually a, a very, very good remake. I think they actually put a lot of work into it, maybe even more than their their previous um, entries because they knew how much Final Fantasy VI meant to people. So mm-hmm. other than the font, because of course the font is the font, it's it's really great and um, I'm enjoying it, except now I downloaded Chrono Cross for my Switch, so <laughs> I might actually play that on the plane to Milwaukee. Yeah, I can't wait to get Final Fantasy VI Pixel Remaster on the Nintendo I just, Switch. As Abby I the wish it was observing. on the Switch because it's like mm-hmm. I'm playing it on my tablet, too big, play it on my phone. Well, it's fine, but it's really small. If it, it would be so perfect for the Switch, like Goldilocks, middle bowl stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As for me, I've been playing Elden Ring still. Uh, I think I might be a I'm little playing. overleveled because I'm like level 83 and I'm still in the... I don't remember what it's called, the big city thing. And I just killed Golden Shade Godric and like Godfrey in like less than 30 seconds. And I have Radon's sword now and it draws mm. in enemies and I kill them in a giant AOE attack. And I'm like, I feel pretty good right now. I think I'm a little too strong. I, I was definitely over. I'm still over leveled for that part because I'm pretty mm. much at the end of the game, but I'm really effing around and uh, haven't really yeah. taken that step. But mm-hmm. I'm extremely, I'm like 160 or something ridiculous like that because there is a an, a region which you should be able to get to very soon, Cat, where you can just slaughter these enemies that are completely helpless and get like runes and runes and runes and runes and runes and you'll never have a problem leveling up ever again. But mm-hmm. the reason I'm doing that is because I want to try out different builds. Mm-hmm. I wanted to make my intelligence high enough to use the dragon magic. Then I'm like, well, this sucks. This wasn't worth the time I put into it. So uh, I have you done the? Just... Have you done any respecking yet? Have you like messed I, around? I with have that, done actually? respecking. Yeah, mm-hmm. I have done respecking. I respect because I wanted to be able to use Radon's sword because it mm-hmm. felt like it would strength, take forever yeah. to get my strength up to the level that I needed it to be. And and I needed to spec up my intelligence a bit. So I went respect, mm. 
which was a very nice thing of, of from software to let me do. Thank you so much from software. Yep. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, I feel like an absolute monster now. It's great. To respec in that game, all you have to do is first beat the creepy queen woman with yeah, her crawling children who, yeah. who mm-hmm. bite your head, who bite your feet. Like it's I, a weird I game. Think, I think Wolverine Jesus is going to hang up his claws. Oh, no. I'm, I'm starting to hit a point where I, I was messing around in it today. Uh, and I was hitting a point where I, I'm clearing off some of the side quests. So like I've got Radon on one side and Renal on the other that I can kind of go fight either one. Uh, yeah. But I was doing like some of the the Nephililu, uh side quests. I like her whole thing with the village of the Albanorix and all that. Uh, I did the Kenneth Hate stuff. I did. Uh, I've been doing some of the Ronnie stuff, which is what led me oh, to Radon. I married Ronnie. Um, no, it's yeah, we're. I, I'm oh, yeah. gonna marry Ronnie. Ronnie. Like that's Ronnie that's and what's I are like happen. this. I did the entire Ronnie set, side quest. I did that. That's one it's of the, the reasons I got Ronnie. leveled up a lot. Because yeah. I wanted I wanted Blythe's armor for the most part, but I I really enjoyed that quest. I like that. Armor. Blythe is great. Uh, Blythe, a great quest. Blythe. And it, yeah. it actually yeah. had one of the best scenes that I've seen in a video game. And I wanted to screen cap it and share it on Twitter, but I didn't want to spoil it. Mm-hmm. But Can you give it was a, quite a beautiful. I need to I need to get to it. I'm very early on, so I haven't been Radon yet, so I'm not deep into it. Was it so. the the movie at the end cat or was it like yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, that was really that was it really, really awesome. stood the out whole to me. thing's awesome. Yeah. Um, I'm her consort now. Yay. Yay. Oh, Abby, so Abby in the of the moon is asking in the chat, uh, who is Blythe? You might you might be confused because we're talking about Blythe or Blade. Like it's it's yeah. just pronounced that it's way. Well Blade. Pronounce, yeah. Yeah, I yeah, want yeah. his armor too. Oh, it's so cool. He's he's so cool. Awesome. Like incredible FromSoft character design. But I'm at the point where the, the claws ain't cutting it like they used to literally and figuratively. And I think I want to go for like a bleed build because that's kind of what I've enjoyed oh, about this I'm game doing. so far is kind of yeah. like chipping away at somebody and then seeing the big blood explosion is really fun. Oh, it's so uh, satisfying. But Addictive. apparently I need to have like really high arcane for that. And I have really? low arcane and high faith. And so no, no, I need I to kind of like flip that. I have high dexterity is because I have oh, I de- God's... dex is the other. It's like dex arcane is bleed. Oh, OK. But apparently arcane affects how much bleed damage you do or something. So twin blades all the way, man. Twin blades uh, all the Volcano way. Volcano Manor has a better claw weapon. Spira says in the chat. OK, maybe I'll look into yeah, that because that's the venom one. But I do have like a venom claw that I don't I use. I would like to finish the game as Wolverine Jesus. I too you would know. like to finish the game. Oh, as Wolverine Jesus. I mean, you could do it as, as Wolverine Jesus. But also just I would like to finish the game at some point. Like I definitely before the end of this year, like clearly before the end of this year. But we are. Good God, we're almost five months into this year already. And uh, don't remind me. Yeah, I, I'm having that moment where I looked at what's coming up in like June and July and I'm going, OK, I need to get cooking on Elden Ring because otherwise I'm not going to have time to finish Elden Ring I in the fall. I want to finish it in the next two weeks. Yeah, I definitely want I, I should take that final plunge and say, you know, what? every time I say, though, I'm at the end. It kind of yanks that away from you when you're going. That's our charity else. stream now. It's just the three of us beating Elden Ring in a, oh, yeah. in a discord call. <laughs> That sounds pretty cool. All right, let's go. In the meantime, I am playing through Persona 3 Portable day by day. It's part of our ongoing segment this week and GeckoCon. And here's what's been happening over in GeckoCon High School. I joined the tennis club in the student council. I'm (laughs) pals with Junpei and Yukari now. 
I'm working at the cafe at the mall. Mm -hmm. I'm hanging mm -hmm. out with a nice old couple at the bookstore. Oh, I'm grappling rule. with the fatigue mechanics, and I had a huge disaster in the Tartarus. A huge, huge disaster. What did you do? Burn it down? What'd you do? Well, you see, the Tartarus is a big old tower that you have to climb up. It's sort of like the subways in Persona mm -hmm, 5. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I went yeah. up to uh, the 10th level. And at the level 5, you fight a boss. And then at level 10, you fight a boss. And they're, right. you know, kind of mini bosses. I died on level 10. I hadn't saved. No, why? Do you yeah. think it was autosaving? I'm just so used to autosaving. Sometimes I forget. Sometimes I forget. I just like, it went completely over my head. There was actually a large portion of the game where I hadn't saved at all. I just... Kept putting my Vita on sleep. My my brain has been poisoned by it. No, absolutely. That's a dangerous game when you put your Vita or whatever on sleep and you think it'll be fine. And then you realize, no, oh shit, this game does not autosave. I think I'm screwed. This is this is the persona where they still were saying like Shin Megami Tensei Persona 3. Yeah. <laughs> like Shin Megami Tensei. <laughs> That's right. I have a hot take. Uh-oh. I, I like Persona 3 Portable more than I like Persona 4 and 5. Already, you feel like you can make just that call. It. Just gonna say it. Mm -hmm. I like it better. Already? You haven't even met Mitsuru yep. yet, and you're already making. I love this the call. music. I love the music. I love the vibe. I love the premise. I like the Tartarus. I like the flow of mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. I think the flow works way better than it does in Persona Four and Five. It mm -hmm. gets to the point so much more quickly. You get to be a girl. I mean, mm -hmm. come on. Mm -hmm. I like mm -hmm. Yukari a lot. You got a dog. Persona Three is where it's at. Does it have same sex relationships? I can't remember if that was the case. Does or not, not, sadly, does not. Alas, uh, but should. you can Look. date Akihiko, which is a great choice. So it's true, and I think I probably will. Persona I did Four. In Four. Persona Four is my favorite setting, and maybe my favorite story. Persona Five has it's just so big and so wonderful, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. so like there's so much to it. Go listen to our so, Pantheon of the Blood God episode about so Persona grandiose. Five. Yes, grandiose. Persona 3, mm -hmm. though, is tight. And I mm -hmm. remember thinking when I first played Persona 4, huh, I don't like the flow of this game as much as I liked Persona 3, where I felt like mm -hmm. I had a lot more freedom. I thought the Tartarus stuff and the fatigue stuff just worked way better into right. the mm -hmm. actual flow of the schedule, where Persona 4 kind of felt maybe a little too souped up. And it's been so long since I played Persona 3 that I had kind of forgotten it. I don't mind the mm -hmm. Tartarus. Yeah, it's kind of boring, whatever. But it's a fun challenge to try to get to as far as you possibly can, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, as opposed to playing through very boring dungeons in Persona 4. So boring. They were a bit, so they were a bit boring in 4. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's interesting that Portable in particular is really hitting you like that too, because I do think that condensing down a lot of the running around that you usually do in a Persona actually does help that game out a little bit. Like you're, mm. you're kind of just working with overworld maps and, and visual novel type segments versus like full on running around in the world. And it means you miss some of that overworld stuff and some of the gags they do in P5 are really good with that. Like when Makoto is following you with the newspaper and all that. But um, I, I actually think like P3 portable is a really good example of how to like distill an RPG down without losing a lot of what makes it special. And yeah. it's a really cool case study in that way. Also makes me wonder if they ever remaster this thing, how they're going to do it. But who knows? I'm fully settled into life at GeckoCon High. I'm like, I'm in clubs. I got invited to the student council. It's mm -hmm, great. Mm -hmm. It's like I'm mid-season in Buffy the Vampire Slayer or something. I love that you're in tennis club. <laughs> 
I know that oh, yeah. uh, I can't remember which. I think it was the first Trails of Cold Steel game. I lost my mind because you go to like the real hoity-toity school and you can mm. have like riding club. So you have the horses. I'm like, I'm joining oh. riding club. I'm joining. Were you a horse girl, Nadia? I, how could I be? I lived in a city. Like if you, uh, there's one place you, just, you can find horses I mean, I in lived Toronto. in the city too. My sister was totally a horse girl. I wanted to be a horse girl, but it's like all you could. <laughs> the only place you could get really get horses in Toronto is it's <laughs> a place called Sunnybrook Stables, and it's where the really really rich people keep their horses. So once a year we'd go and like for a school trip, go there and, and you know kind of have fun and whatever. And there was one year there was a guy dressed up as a Duracell battery, kind of doing the mascot thing, and I'm just ignoring him. And behind me, I hear someone say, "Okay, three, two, one." And I turn around just in time to see two of my friends push the battery across like the lawn. You, I'll never forget the image of him like staggering, wheeling his arms, trying desperately to like not fall down. And my grade five teacher, who was a real like space cadet, was literally telling these friends of mine, apologize to the nice battery. And <laughs> I couldn't believe what I was seeing and hearing. It was just like, this is so surreal. So yeah, the bonus Nadia, no counter to one. Oh there you go. Nadia, just... Do you yes. realize that your entire life is just one big Simpsons bit from the 90s? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but how can you forget apologize to the nice battery? Apologize and, to the perfectly nice battery. And him wheeling across, like, just like desperately trying not to fall. I'm picturing this barrel of a person just rolling with the arms all flat out. No, he was standing up. He was trying his best. He, good for oh, him. No. He, he, he managed. But uh, the point is, yes, I was a horse girl. I just love animals. And I couldn't really do anything with horses. I've read, I've read it on like trails a couple of times. And that's all I've really managed. The battery's like, I just wanted to bring pigs joy. Oh, God. <laughs> you get to hell. Tell them the battery sent you. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, I love horses. And Nadia broke me again. So anyways, Sorry. yes, I am a horse girl. <laughs> well, you I, I can see like uh Eric just like giving me these scornful faces because Mr. Tex is over here, probably like was born on a horse. Oh, I mean I wasn't born on a horse. I, I worked at a summer camp where we did horse rides, but those are just trail rides. Like, you know, you just yeah, get a bunch of horses that follow each other's butts around a trail for a while. Yeah, we did uh, that too. What a life. Yeah. I mean, I've like I've ridden a horse, but not like professionally or anything. Yeah. Only rich people do that in cities. Well, that's been this week in GeckoCon. What will happen next in Persona 3 Portable? Who knows? I'm enjoying working my job, though, in that mm -hmm. cafe. Mm -hmm. And now it's really time for a series of random encounters. Yuji Naka called out Square Enix, saying that Square Enix is bad, actually. Microsoft is hosting an Xbox Bethesda showcase in June. Sony reportedly is requiring some devs to create timed trials for PlayStation Plus Premium. Dragon Age testers at Keyword Studios are seeking to unionize. Reggie Fizeme says he believes in blockchain and play-to-own. Gameloft reveals Disney Dreamlight Valley, a Stardew Animal Crossing alike with Pixar characters. And also, please fund our Patreon so we can buy three of these giant Terra statues. Whoever wrote that, can you please elaborate? 
They're giant, giant one-sixth scale Terra statues that Square Enix is selling for like over $10,000 a pop. Yep. So really what we're going to need everyone to do is we hit we hit the goal for D&D. All right. Next goal, giant Terra statues in the background of every single one of our live shots. All right. Like I've got the space. I got the space cleared out. Everybody's going to make the space. We're all going to get there. It's, it's going to be I great. I think we can do it. I think this can uh-huh. be done. I believe uh-huh. in all of you to give us money. Mm-hmm. All right. You have the goal, folks. $14,000. <laughs> no, $14,000. we are talking about like, isn't it like 11000 each? Yeah, yeah, it's like 11,000 a pop for these statues. It's bonkers. And I mean, they're three feet tall or something like that, but still, $11,000. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Amazing. Squeenix. But our main topic this week, we'll be focusing on healers in RPGs. White mages, healers, they take so many forms, and they're so darn integral to the genre. <laughs> it is kind of the the core, the sacred triad, right? You have your damage dealer, you got your tank, and you got your healer who hides behind the tank and waves their little magic wand and makes the entire party happy. Generally speaking, if you don't bring a healer in your party, you're going to have a bad time. You can get past it. You can figure out alternative ways, but you got to keep that HP up. And here's the question to you. Do y'all like to mix your healers? Have like a combat healer, a paladin, that kind of thing? Or do you go for more of a dedicated, straight-up white mage healer? Mm. I get so bored with white mage healers. I always want a combination. One of my favorite healers of all time, uh, Breath of Fire 2, is Rand. He's a big armadillo person, uh, Panglion, whatever. And he's a tank healer. (laughs) And I think that's such a cool combination, especially since when when Capcom makes a big character... They don't they don't skimp. They're like, okay, this dude's a tank, you know it, because look at the size of his damn shoulders. So yeah, Rand is a healer, he's a tank, and he can also he can even revive, but since he's not really a dedicated healer, he's not great at reviving and healing stuff like that. But he's certainly like in a pinch, he's he, better that he knows the healing magic than he doesn't. Yeah, it's it's a tricky thing to figure out and kind of why I was really interested in doing this topic this week is because nobody wants to be the healer most of the time. Like if you if you walk around, you know, people will be like, oh, yeah, I'll be white mage, I guess. But it is hard to find somebody willing to do that more than other people. But I feel like there's been a push, especially in the last. 10 years of trying to make healer classes in games more interesting and it's come at varying results like they're not always working out well but i do think that i i think a good healer can be a really compelling class to play i my personal my favorite go-to healer at this point is the alchemist stress fear from final fantasy 10 2 because it takes the overdrive that riku had in final fantasy 10 where you mix two items together to get something that makes a result. And it just makes that the core component of the class and you don't have to overdrive to use it or anything. So now you have this class that is very much about knowing different combinations and how you could use the different items available to you to use them. And also having the ability to either have a free potion that will take longer to charge up or mix a potion from your backpack, which you'll, you'll use faster, but you'll have to dig into your inventory to use it and you, right. know, you can't get those items back. So I think that's probably like my favorite healer, but I do think it's it's hard to make a healer that is interesting if it's just a straight up white mage. Even Final Fantasy X had Yuna as the white mage, but Yuna also had summoning and did yeah. huge awesome summons. So it's it's a hard thing to figure out in an RPG is how you make healing feel good. 
It's interesting you mentioned Yuna because I'm thinking about it. In Final Fantasy IV, Rydia, when you have her, when you have her as a child, she can summon, but she also knows black magic and white magic, but very, very weakly. Um, once she does her hiatus and comes back, she has stronger black magic and she has incredible summons, but she lost her white magic completely. And I always wonder about that trade off. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Maybe it reflects her character development because uh, she grows yeah. up and she becomes more kind of a tortured character. I don't know. Or mm-hmm. she gets over the sadness of what happens to her village as she grows up, right? She does, but it's actually kind of depressing because um, in Final Fantasy IV, you can go back to that village and uh, you'll talk to someone there who says, there was a big fire that killed a lot of us. We don't know how it started. And you're just like, and whistling and kind of edging towards the door. It's like, yeah, we're the, we don't have a lot of people to begin with. We're all kind of inbred and someone killed most of us. It's like, oh. I actually uh, have a theory on this front, by the way, Nadia. Uh-huh. When Please. you get older, you tend to specialize more. I think that's true. When you're that's a kid, true. I think you're trying out a lot of different things. So she was like, white magic, black magic, summoning, whatever. But once you whatever. got to be an adult, she's like, summoning. Here we go. That makes sense. That Red mage sense. is a young man's job. I'm a uh, white mage these days. <laughs> red mages. Oh, red mages are always pimp. I always go with red mage. Red mages I own. Who doesn't love hat. red mages? It's the hat. Even it says mm-hmm, something mm-hmm. in Final Fantasy 14. I always show my cat ears because they are cat ears. Damn it. But. The, the hat that you get at level 70 or 80, I can't remember which one it is. It's so pimp that I cover my cat ears. That's how good it is. When I when I think about having to compose my party, I always think about Dragon Age Origins, where I felt railroaded into having to have win in my party. Yeah. Because yeah. enemies do so much damage, and she's the only good healer in that mm-hmm. party. You mm-hmm. can... I I, you have, like, multiple... You have like multiple tanks in that game, but only one darn good healer. And if you don't use her, and she's like one of the most boring characters in the game, old white lady. <laughs> yeah, when when sucks. Yeah, like, like when hardcore sucks because every time I play Dragon Age Origins, by the time I get to win, even though I go to win right away. By that time, I'm already romancing Morgan. And Wynn's like, you better watch your step around that young alt girl. She's going to do bad things to you. And I'm like, yeah, that's the point. That's why I'm here, Wynn. Like, get on board. with <laughs> like eat your private parts. <laughs> Gotta snap them right off. Shut up and heal. I, I feel like that's a Dragon her, Age basically problem. basically have to abuse items the whole time. Yeah. yeah or make I yourself a healer and who wants to do that, right? Like, There's something no. like that in um, Trials of Mana slash... Uh, uh, Secret of Mana 2, uh, Second Nintendo 3, where mm-hmm. you don't really know what classes are actually can heal until you until you like transfer until you mm-hmm. transform into them, and they fixed that for the 3D version. They made it I think a little more obvious who gets what and what, but it was so awful in the original. When you think to yourself, okay, where am I going with these characters? Oh no, now I have a party. Nobody can heal. I got to stock up on on items, and that's I'm always paranoid about healing with items because I'm always like. Oh God, I'm going to run out. So I just don't like to do it. That's I. Th- I think it's interesting that the characters we bring up that are interesting healers are ones that are mixes, like are are white mage plus. Because I think of like Final Fantasy Tactics in A2, I believe had white monks, which were monks who also had white magic. And I like that shit. Yeah, those that. those classes ruled. I had a yes. white monk in my party for A two, and that dude kicked ass and healed people, and it it wrecked. It was great, but it is it does kind of feel like sometimes the answer is to just go yes and with the white mage, and to go like we're going to add something on, 
it's kind of hard to figure out how you evolve healing to not just be okay well someone has taken damage and now i'm going to undo that damage there there was a long yeah. time ago league of legends had a long blog post about heals and and whether heals feel good in a competitive game and we're talking about pve games so that's a little bit different i do have an example i'm going to use later about a dota healer it's very good but uh it's uh it, it is weird to make something like that feel good on both ends of the like the the giving and the receiving of the healing because you're just kind of just okay undo damage like you're control zing things how do you make that feel interesting and interactive compared to right. doing damage or blocking damage you know no absolutely yeah and also but white mages can have multiple jobs for example they might mm -hmm. buff your party put up mm -hmm. shields mm -hmm. nuke undead things sometimes yeah, they can use holy thinking holy i think it's usually holy. so good but yeah. that's the inter interesting thing about uh, Final Fantasy's white mages is they tend to get that really powerful attack magic if you stick to them. Like Rosa in, in 4, she'll get holy eventually, which will mm -hmm. just like blow everything up. And in Final Fantasy 1, the original, yeah, I think Nuke was the, I, was the highest white mage spell for attacks, I think. I don't that remember. The right. I just thought that it was called Nuke instead of Flare because it really kind of... I, I prefer Nuke over Flare because Nuke is like, okay, here you are using... Not necessarily fire magic. It's nuclear. It's an explosion. Mm -hmm. It's melt mm -hmm. your face off. It's just like really powerful stuff. Non-elemental. Most flare slash nuke spells are non-elemental because what what element is there with a atomic bomb except, oh shit, there is none. So you may as well mm -hmm. just go with that. I think Ultima is the, the nuclear attack. Ult yeah, it's, that's, that's also non-elemental. That's non the non-elemental damage, yeah. yeah. That's, that's the FU spell. Um, shout outs to the tail series too, because they, they find some interesting ways to make healing work in that series. Cause obviously it's a fighting game, right? You're running around in an arena. Yeah. And so some of the spells are just hit button, heal everybody, but then other ones are area based and, and are all about like controlling a certain zone. And, and so you have to, the same way in an MMO, like you have to establish a good zone to have that healing in. It's about positioning. Other ones are part of the combo. So um, the annoying little kid who I want to like punt through a field goal in Tales of Vesperia is good um, with the giant bag. Uh, Aww, he, I liked him. Yeah. Yeah. Vic is going to come in here in a second. Remind me of his name. Uh, he, he has the big bag and his whole thing is like when he does combos, he can carol. Yes. Uh, I want to kick him through a field goal post. Uh, <laughs> he, true. I don't like that guy. <laughs> Uh, but but he has moves that can kind of like work in healing. So when he's doing his combo, he can also be healing people around him. That's kind of like Brigitte from Overwatch 2, where you yeah, are that's handy. Uh, playing this character that is very offensive based, but you are being rewarded for your offense with area wide healing. So you're kind of encouraged. I mean, that's the paladin archetype, right? You do damage, you tank things, and in return, everybody behind you stays alive, right? <laughs> Shout out to uh, Charlotte, I think her name was, from uh, Xenoblade, who mm -hmm, who mm -hmm. heals you by shooting you. Like, okay, mm -hmm. medical gun. Pew, pew. Oh, Roland from, from Borderlands 1, you could spec into the medical class. And so when you were playing in, in PvP or, or co-op, I should say, uh, that was actually super useful to have was somebody who could heal in Borderlands because that's not something you think about when you're playing Borderlands. But when you're doing some like the end game, heavy, difficult content, it's it's actually kind of nice to have somebody that can heal. I think about in a lot of RPGs, the turning point for me is always when you get really good party healing. Mm 
Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. usually when you can start healing the whole party at once, when you get a spell like media or something like that. And then you're yeah, like, okay. Uh, mm-hmm. The people, uh, Beware the Slimes and Chad is mentioning Aerith. And to me, Aerith was like one of my favorite healers of all time. I loved her. Mm-hmm. Uh, her limit breaks were just basically like fail safes. And uh, when she, when things happened, I was so mad that I no longer, no longer had this amazing healer with these like incredible stupid limit breaks. I was like, oh God, help me. I'm on my own. Really fun to play the remake too. Like yeah. a, a character that, again, I was willing to swap to and play as in the remake even though it was swapping to the quote unquote healer because Aerith is just a fun playstyle. Yeah, Aerith, Aerith is always is very fun. Mm-hmm. I think in Final Fantasy VII, and apologies, I'm going to have some spoilers for Final Fantasy VII now. So <gasps> if you don't want to hear them, you should leave. Okay. They Final made Fantasy seven VII. Final Fantasies. When you lose Final, <laughs> when you lose Aerith in Final Fantasy VII, probably you've been using her a lot because she's one of the best healers yes she's quite good and as you said she's like this fail safe like she's like a crutch that you can use and so when she's gone you feel the loss i think more acutely. you do mm, yeah mm-hmm. very much and the the gameplay in that sense uh complements the story i think no i think you're right about that and going back to the crutch idea i found materia a little complicated the first time that it was introduced to me so if you have Aerith there doing the healing just like as Mm -hmm. an innate uh skill that she has that was a huge help and by the time she's gone it feels it really does feel like at that point of the game okay you have to get serious about this uh start learning materia kid i actually think final fantasy is a pretty good series about taking away your healer and making you think about how you're going to play without healer and making you really respect having a healer because 10 pulls that on you too at some points you have to fight without yuna who is your go-to healer and suddenly you're going "Uh uh-oh what what do i do yuna's not here to to cast all the good white magic and so you have to start thinking about like okay well i've got a bunch of mega potions in the stash and riku wait riku can mix riku can do things riku can steal and use those items and and it creates this new kind of item economy you have to start working with in your head I think Final Fantasy in particular is surprisingly good about that. Even through games like Final Fantasy 13, they come up with interesting ways to make you recontextualize healing and and your party status because of it. You have to think about, I can't just rely on the one white mage to do the job all the time. I need to be flexible with my party. So, Beware the slimes wants to know, is it sexist to almost always have the fe- healers be female? That always kind of bothered me. And what bothered me more about it is that um, one of the first games that really let me uh, dick around with healers and whatnot was Dragon Quest Three because that lets you, mm-hmm. it's a very simple job change system, but basically what you learn is what you keep when you when you switch your, uh, your party, your class rather, and you go back to level one, but you keep what you knew. So you can make a, a, a female soldier who could heal or whatever. So you could do whatever you wanted, but then... You look over at mainly at, say, Final Fantasy, and it's like, here's the women, they're healers. Shout out to Six, of course, which is a lot more complicated than that with uh, Terra and Celeste. But uh, Four with Rosa, who's like basically like you flicker with your fingernail for most of the game and she goes flying, so that's no good. <laughs> here's what I want to know, though. You have Cure, you have Kira, Kiraga. Now, Kiraja, mm-hmm. I've only seen Kiraja in a few Final Fantasy games. I've always wondered if it's really necessary or if it's like, okay, we can stop Kiraga now. There's a certain point where you get so high up in terms of HP, like it might be useful, I guess. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. but like, why not just scale the 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 things accordingly? Like, six never had Kiraja, but four had Kiraja, and I just always wondered why. Shrug. I mean, that's cool. Shrug. Shrug. Yeah, healing can be fun when you're in the middle of an extremely tough encounter and your party is really struggling, and you're mm-hmm. you keep flicking your eyes over to the the super healing ability that not only heals yeah. your entire entire party, but removes all the stat buffs and yes. also revives everybody. And you're like, okay, I've got this in my back pocket right now. I can use it, but I can only use it like once. So I got to level be ready three for limit it. break for uh, Final Fantasy XIV. The healer yeah. is that everything. Yeah, level your, three your limit fail break. Save button. Slam that oh LB, oh baby. Oh let's go. Uh, can I shout out a special class of healer by describing a Dota hero to y'all? Um, you may oh as well. So, it's yeah, fair. No, like, gear, gear up for this. Uh, just get ready. Open, expand your brain to galaxy levels. All right. So I'm ready. My body is ready. There's, there's a character in Dota called Oracle. Oracle has four abilities. It's four simple abilities. Has a charge up blast that that shoots a projectile. Has travel time and it purges, so it eliminates any status buffs somebody may have when it hits. It's just a little nuke that that de- that purges buffs. Nuke. All right. All right. Simple enough. Ability number two makes somebody disarmed, unable to attack anymore, but also let me see if I remember how this goes. Also immune to magic damage, something like that. Um, Number three, this is the real one. It is a nuke that does X amount of damage instantaneously and then applies a buff that heals, applies a regen afterwards that heals for a little bit more than the nuke. And finally, their ultimate applies a thing that is basically kind of like a mark that says you are not going to take any damage for the duration of this, you know, six seconds. And then at the end of it, you're going to take all the damage and healing you received all at once. (laughs) And so this Oracle and to some extent as Astro from from Final Fantasy 14 and stuff like that falls into a class of healer I like to call galaxy brain healer, where you make the (laughs) healer interesting by making them do math, by making them just in a constant state of panic. Because with Oracle, yeah, you could like heal somebody and, and make them magic immune and then heal them, right? Or you could purge off if you wanted to damage somebody, you could hit them with the magic nuke and then purge off the regen. So now they took double damage. Ha ha. But if you mess it up, you're healing the enemy now. What are you doing, you moron Oracle? <laughs> I've been through this in games of Dota. I love Oracle. I'm so bad at it. But I love that stuff. And and like that's why I want to play Astro when I start learning healer in 14 is because I think it's kind of interesting to take the healer and just make them an anxious ball of, of of just terror the whole time, trying to figure out how to heal the party while also remember what half their spells do. That's I like terrible. the panic healer. It's really good, the anxiety like, healer. I, I don't even like straight healing. Like, I'm too scared to play white mage, which is like the most baby healer you really? can think of. And it's like, yeah, I'm so I hate the responsibility. I'll tank, but I draw the line at healing. I just uh, I everyone's going to die under me. And that makes me sad. How do we feel about shields, shields versus healing? Cause that's, that's a hotly contested topic is having a shield giver versus an actual healer. A shield, a shield like, a, like a buffer, like someone who buffs like, like someone. I mean, so, so overwatch is a good example, right? You have certain characters like Zarya that can give a character a shield, but they don't right. heal that person. Right. 
Mm-hmm. A healer heals a person. And right. so, and yeah, or like Janna in League of Legends is another good example. Gives a shield, does not heal damage. So that's been kind of an interesting thing that I've seen. And actually the League of Legends RPG did some stuff with this too, where you had characters that would give shields, but then you also had health damage and you kind of had to spec into different ways that you wanted to address that stuff the 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 ruin king rpg has one of my favorite designs for healer in a long time it is a character that summons tentacles that automatically attack characters every turn and then depending on the number of tentacles you you have you can do more damage or you can heal your party for more and it's like a really cool way of making this offensive healer that has like pet characters and stuff yeah it's it's cool seeing especially MOBA designers who have had to think about this stuff in a competitive way and think yeah. about how players interact between each other, turn around and say, how do we play with that in a PVE space like Final Fantasy or Dragon Quest? I, there's a lot of cool evolution there. And then in MMORPGs, of course, you have the <laughs> healers always <Just> complaining. <laughs> it's like, there's- look... I'm I'm in cooldown right now. I can't heal you. Please mm-hmm, stop mm-hmm. requesting a heal. I cannot heal you. It's not there's my fault a, uh, that you're a squishy. There's a meme. There's a meme that I love called. Uh, someone made a magazine cover called uh, "Angry Healers Magazine." It's like in the style of like Final Fantasy XIV. It's modeled after that. It's like stuff like, uh, "What part of I don't have any MP? Does your bitch ass not understand page twelve or whatever?" <laughs> <laughs> It's oh, true, please, though. Let the boss cleave me in the face. That's a great idea. Page the 20. poor put upon healer. He's like, yeah, I took the bullet, decided to be a healer. And now all you just running and in and attacking and I'm trying to keep you topped up. It could actually be very stressful mm-hmm. to be the healer and always feel like you are actually very responsible for keeping there everybody is actually, on their feet. Uh, again, in 14, there is an infamous quest that actually breaks the fourth wall by involving Eric. Did you meet at a good heart? Pure at a pure heart. Oh God, you didn't meet at a pure heart. Okay. So the game starts off very early on. You meet this, this party where you have pure, poor at a pure heart is like really sweet woman. Yes. Who's a healer. And she Uh can't keep up uh with her uh fiance, the tank who's being an asshole and is pulling too hard. And the DPS are being assholes and pulling wall to wall. (laughs) She's just trying to keep up. She's trying to keep up. And you follow the you follow this party who's like kind of a warning to you what could happen. And boy, Mm -hmm. does bad stuff happen. Final Uh, Fantasy 14 does the after school special on don't pull harder than your your party's ready for. (laughs) Yeah, it's actually a really clever way to kind of show you, hey, um, this is what you are supposed to do. And Mm -hmm. the party falls apart. They have a terrible, just a really sad, heartbreaking Mm -hmm. story. The whole thing Mm -hmm. that goes throughout the whole, God, right up to the Palace of the Dead. Now I think about it. So don't pull too hard, tanks. Mm -hmm. Really be gentle. Mm -hmm. Always ask your healer how they feel. That exactly. So there have been many times, even while playing Final Fantasy XIV, that I thought, man, my healer's not very good. My my healer's struggling. My healer's in struggle town right now. They're just eating giant AoEs to the face. Uh, you know, my my dumbass is on the floor all the time because I'm a dragoon. And uh everybody's just running around, and this person's just trying like three dogs on three different leashes, just trying to keep them all together. <laughs> but you don't say a word. No, you never bad talk a healer. Never. If I see you bad talking a healer, I will get mad at you because I may agree with you. I may be like, yeah, this healer is not very good. But that person is healing and you are not. So don't you dare judge yeah. the healer. 
that's that's my hot take. One of the most interesting implementations of healing that I've seen in an RPG is in Pokemon, where especially Mm. traditional 6v6 competitive Pokemon, Mm -hmm. where there Mm -hmm. are a lot of different ways to keep your Pokemon healed and going. Once they faint, I don't think you can actually revive them. They're down for the count. I'm sorry if I got this wrong. I haven't played competitive Pokemon in a long time. But if you're playing competitively, you can do things like you can you can cast Wish, which will send a giant burst of healing the next turn right. to whatever Pokemon happens mm-hmm. to be on the mm-hmm. field. And you might think, oh, it's not such a great, until you use the move Baton Pass, mm-hmm. you eat the attack, then you jump over to your other Pokemon, and then they get healed. And so that can mm-hmm. be a really great way to keep a lot of momentum going while mm-hmm. during the actual battle. And there's a lot of prediction going on with the actual battles. And then, of course, there's also stuff like using Heal Bell to remove uh, status effects and everything. So there becomes a kind of synergy um, about how you use your actual healers in mm-hmm. Pokemon. And I think the... I mean, the er example of it is Blissey, who will oh, use soft God. boiled until the cows come home. She's oh. so fat, so so oh. fat, oh. and you just keep or, attacking uh, her, and you're like, "I hate you so much! I hate you so much, Blissey!" I'm or just milk crying. drink with uh, yeah. milk drink, oh, milk tank, milk tank. Oh. You can bang your head against a wall. God, it's terrible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Classic example right there. There, there are a lot of ways to uh, mess with people in terms of healing, but I always liked wish passing the best because I like a. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like building up momentum in Pokemon. And I tend to go for more balanced parties. There are people who go for, and I always think in terms of party building for the most part, because mm-hmm. those, those are my favorite kinds of RPGs. I love Bravely Default too, if you'll recall correctly. And my favorite kind of party to build is actually a balanced party. I don't like building yeah. a hyper-defensive party. Mm-hmm. I find those really mm-hmm. boring, mm-hmm. Yeah, actually. Same. And I don't like building hyper-offensive parties because I feel way too... I don't know, fragile. To expose. Yeah. So you don't rush down, but you don't lame it out. Let me convert this for the fighting game players in the chat. Slow and steady wins the race, Eric. (laughs) Yeah, I hate stall parties. Stall parties are the Mm -hmm, most boring mm -hmm. thing in the universe, and that relies a lot on healing. But I I just like the feeling of having like, okay, I can hit really hard when I want to. I like having a lot of different options at my disposal. I like having a lot of wind paths going on. And that results in the me usually having to have a de- dedicated healer in my party. Um, yeah, the most Pokemon. boring thing in the entire universe was back when Pokemon was the hottest thing and everyone had their Mewtwo's fighting each other and Mewtwo can recover. Yeah. Uh, so no one, it was just a stalemate. No one got anywhere. The first time I ever got Mewtwo in Pokemon Red, I was like, oh, this Pokemon's cool. I bring it out, mm-hmm. completely annihilate my friend's party. And I go, Mewtwo's overpowered. I'm not going to use him anymore. <laughs> That's the right thing to do, I think. Yeah, I was just, I realized kind of boring. Yeah. Teeps in chat brings up a really interesting point, too, that another way of adapting healing in various games is using either elemental affinities or kind of dead undead situations. Oh, Uh, yes. So, like, uh, they bring up in Divinity Original Sin 2, poison can heal the undead. So you can have someone who just drops pools of poison and that's pools of healing for all your undead characters. I love Final Fantasy X, which is the current presumptive nominee for our Pantheon right now, has multiple bosses that will turn you into zombie and then use full life on your team to take them out. 
Oh, uh, that's, that's scary, actually. Yeah, no, it's cool. I love it when games uh, play with that sort of uh, like like space, that idea of uh, elemental affinities, healing things, something that could hurt you can also uh, heal you. And you know, Pokemon only has resistances, I think. But even games like uh, think about like Valorant, <laughs> Riot Games coming up a lot. So you can what uh, you can do in Pokemon, has stuff like that, Eric. Is there's a there's a Pokemon called Breloom, which is okay. this plant Yay. monster that punches people and it's part poison. Love it. Yeah, if I recall correctly. Here's the deal. You can poison yourself intentionally, and you will heal yourself more as a result because you're already a poison type. So you give them a toxic orb and you use poison, and now they're just healing every single turn because they're poisoned. <laughs> I like yeah. that. I like in Final Fantasy VI, you can like, if you have a Revivify or a um, Phoenix Down, basically you can heal the Phantom Train to death. So most people suplex it, but you can also humiliate it. It's mm-hmm. even better mm-hmm. if you got your your Pokemon poisoned or whatever, or burned, is it means that they can't put you to sleep. So mm-hmm. you can oh. switch in and you can take, say, a Spore Attack. And right. it'll have no effect because you already have a status effect. Perfect. Oh, that's pretty cool, actually. I'm that's sorry if I'm, if I'm remembering wrong. I'm pretty sure that it was Toxic Orb for Berloom. Um, somebody, Teeps was mentioning Gliscor and Poison Orb, and that's another good one. F and Gliscor, one of the best tanks uh, in Pokemon. So, yeah, no, there's a lot of interesting options in how they're handling healing. What I'm wondering is, um, how is healing kind of evolved over the years and how have RPGs kind of reinvented the concept of healing? I mean, it's always been about healing your boo-boos. Like that's always been (laughs) still is. in in most ways at at its base level, like, like healing is the control on Z, the control Z undo, right? It's, it's the way of making sure that you can survive to the end. But then I think is, Oddly enough, in the way that RPGs have kind of grown by expanding into other genres and then bringing ideas back into RPGs, I think that healing as a concept has evolved by moving into competitive spaces and saying, right, hey, what, you know, what, what does it feel like when, you know, end goal is zero health and we're going to think about this in terms of what that means competitively and then in a PvP space and then bring that into PvE and evolve it and change it. I think another place that they've learned a lot from is is roguelikes and and the way that rogue it health in a roguelike is just another currency to spend right it's it's just gold it's just anything you want to spend in a game in hades you can sacrifice your health to get advantages and you're playing with fewer health because of that but if you're good at the game it's just another currency so i think you turn around you bring that into rpgs there are rpgs i can think of where health is just another resource bar you can play a dark knight for example and dip into that health bar and make use of it and then you have to balance your party around it and now healer isn't just healing damage that the enemy does but it's part of your design play system you're offsetting the strategy of your own team and so i i think healing has gone from being this thing that was just a very responsive class that was just very like oh you hit me so now i'm going to undo that hit now healing along with a lot of things in, in RPGs has become more about what is the party structure. I just knocked thing over <laughs> with my hand. Very gestures. emphatic. What, yeah. What, what is the party structure? What are we thinking about? What are we doing? I like that you mentioned cat, like the party building. Cause I do think that 
as RPGs have evolved their battle systems and their combat systems and their way of thinking about these things, party building has been an important part of that. Yeah, that's why I want at least five party members, not four. Because mm-hmm. if you have mm-hmm. four party members, I feel like I, you just don't have as much flexibility. I like I being agree. able to uh, make interesting choices and healing forces interesting choices. Also, I think that there's a push-pull nature of mm-hmm. when two parties are fighting one another, who's who can overwhelm the the healing first? Um, and yes. if you get and, but healers, also yeah. when if uh, MP CPU enemies like a boss heals, f them. Yeah, <laughs> f nothing's them. worse than a. I was fighting uh, certain ancest- boss. In I Elden was fighting Ring. in uh, Elden Ring the ancestral <laughs> yeah. spirit, which is like a big ancestral like ghost deer, and it does this thing where it summons all these ghost animals and sucks them up and it heals everything. And I'm just like, you. Dear, I'm gonna punch you in the tank. That's terrible. So I'm sitting there, like <laughs> right under its legs, like just hitting it over and over and over again, just trying to suck up all these like sheep and wolves and shit. And I got it. <laughs> but that's no <laughs> bosses that heal are the worst. I hate them. FromSoft is so good about that because they will have so many times where you're fighting somebody and you're like, yeah, yeah, and then they heal and you're like, you jackass, that's my thing. You're not supposed I get to, have to a, heal. How dare you? Get to you heal. have crimson tears. Why do you have crimson tears? Only oh, I yeah. have crimson tears. If you're playing a game like Bravely Default 2 and one of the bosses is definitely a white mage, she's like, I'm killing that white uh, mage. ASAP. <laughs> there was a, a shocking moment in one of the in Valkyra Chronicles 4 where um, they sniped the the he- not the healer but the what the, the medic chick who comes the, out the medic that was like you can do yeah. that oh that's that, terrible well, that's that's also a war crime to be clear that's a total war it's, crime it's also it's offensive to you in in the RPG sense and also in a war crime sense <laughs> yeah it's just like that should not happen these bad bad things are happening here bad juju mm-hmm. oh god Valkyria Chronicles four so good. Such a good that, game. I love why didn't that. I put that on the pan? I should have put that on the pantheon. I guess I should have too. Redo, redo the vote. <laughs> on that note, what is your favorite healer? I'd like to know. Send an email at cat at bloodgodpod.com or send me a note on Twitter, the underscore kappa. Just send me a DM. I want to know. I want I want to hear about your favorite healers that we haven't mentioned. There are a lot. We haven't talked about we didn't talk about Morgana, for example, or we didn't talk about uh Sayako from Yakuza Like a Dragon. Plenty mm, of options. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But now it's time for the top 25 RPG remake 2022 Intergrade. There's only two more of these left before we go and do our big episode, the grand episode in which we remake the top 25 RPGs of all time. It has been a long time coming. And this week, we're going to add four more to the list. So we'll start with you, Nadia. What's your pick for this week? Make it a good one. Uh, I did what I should have done a long time ago, and I picked Radiant Historia for um, specifically the, re- the re-release for the 3DS, because mm-hmm. that's the mm-hmm. one I played. So I actually did an episode about Radiant Historia for Retronauts not that long ago, so I replayed the game a bit, and I realized, wow, what a great game. It takes its story very seriously. It also trusts the player to understand and kind of piece together what's going on. Well, it really sings about that game is this battle system where you can, it kind of has this push-pull mechanic where everyone's on a grid, almost like Mega Man uh, Battle Network. And you can like kind of like stack up enemies in the same square, the same grid square, and then whack them all to the back of the line and just completely decimate them all with like, you know, huge numbers of, of, of damage. And just the act of doing this is 
hugely satisfying. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And combine that with a story that's really intriguing, really well written and some odd but cool characters. And you got like a really great RPG that unfortunately, like so many others, need to be on the Switch because everybody overlooked it. Yeah, that's on my backlog right now because I picked it up as part of the big eShop sale that happened recently yeah. and everything even when I was looking into it for the for the March Madness bracket I was reading up on the main hero and I was like this, this game sounds like my kind of jam why have I you not would probably like it very much yeah uh, it's like zero escape the JRPG yes, like why have I not played like this <laughs> yeah. it's exactly it with a real banging battle system oh hmm I have to check that out I've never actually played Radiant Historia you know I what? You, that's right. Because we the episode we did, I got uh, Anthony John Agnello on because you were gone mm-hmm. somewhere. So we talked yeah. about reading Historia. I brought him back for the Retronauts episode actually because he was so huge into the game. It's been sitting in my shelf for a long time. Never got around to playing it. Maybe one it's a great day game. I will. I might have done an active t- active time babble about it or something. I don't remember when it came out. A long time ago. Long time fun. ago on the DS and then the 3DS, it got re released. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Eric, what's your pick? I I sweated and toiled over this one because, as I said, you know, my plane trip got me back into that Fire Emblem mood again. You know, somehow Triangle Strategy didn't get it all out of me. And also it's two very different kind of tactics, you know, from from the top level. You may not know it, but but true tactics connoisseur knows that there is a difference between the the type of tactics that's happening in Triangle Strategy and that that good old classic Fire Emblem. And I went back and forth on a few options here. Uh, and I landed on Fire Emblem Awakening, and yes, I'm really gonna yes, put this did. one forward because <laughs> yes, you cat, hear me out here, cat, hear me out. Listen to me. When I was thinking about it, Fire Emblem Awakening is not just everyone. Everyone looks at it and says this is the one that saved Fire Emblem, right? This is the one that that brought it back. This is the one, you know, after it. A GBA initial surgeons died off pretty quick. The the GameCube one never really got the traction that it, it probably deserved. I don't know if Path of Radiance is held up. I might need to go back, but the the weeb certainly did not happen. The DS entries were not there. Something about Awakening that we also don't recognize is that it is the Hail Mary of Fire Emblems. It is everything of Fire Emblem put into this. It is the map system of Sacred Stones. It is the pair-up system. It is an emphasized approach to characters. The characters in, in Awakening are, are simply sublime. Excellent yes, character writing. Absolutely. And the pair-up system melds so well with supporting. Like, it's it's just, it's peanut butter and chocolate. It works so well. And I really think that, you know, while yes, you may want to point to this one and say, this is where fire emblem went astray (laughs) this is where fire emblem changed and yes there's a weird tone in the whole making the perfect child thing i understand that much too uh fire emblem awakening was the last shot at at making fire emblem you know persist through the years and and making it happen we wouldn't have three houses today if we didn't have this arguably we wouldn't have fates if we didn't have this so it's kind of a toss-up there but (laughs) uh there's awakening also introduced so many things i think are core to getting more people to play these games and get into these kinds of games like the no permadeath mode and things like that also just the story in it is is much grander. It's it's much more fully realized because they have those resources to do more than just kind of this map by map progression. Uh, 
I really do think Awakening is a major point in the Fire Emblem series and and worthy of nomination. Uh, and and yeah, I love those triangle feet. What can I not say about the little pointy feet bring that everybody the, has in the, that game? Bring back the Tagwall. I think the Tagwall were the coolest race that they had in that yeah. oh, entire the, series. They were, they were the beast characters that could kind of like transform and that was their main attack. Oh, that's that was so their cool. Giant, they were giant bunnies. They were in so fact, cool. Uh, Yarn, one of the the characters who's mm-hmm. in Tagwall mm-hmm. says, don't mess with a bunny. And that's his, that's his uh, war cry. Great characters, great characters. Yeah, in that Yarn game. is great, and, and, and great. a lot of the support conversations are are just all timers for for the whole well, series. One of my favorite lines in that whole game was um, Frederick, of course, is doting on Crom because that's what he does. He's the mm-hmm. bisexual mm-hmm. butler guy, and Crom mm-hmm. uh, set makes a joke about like, "Oh, you're acting like we're married," and uh, Frederick says, "No, no, sire, like, uh, no, marriage is for equals." So I was like, oh, Frederick. <laughs> oh, so sad. oh, I thought that was like, no, I'm way better than you. <laughs> no, I got, I got, no. I got it better. Um, yeah, just for equals. This is a dark uh, day. This is a dark day for Axe of the Blood God. Mm-mm. It's a beautiful day. We put Act Razor remember, on this list. I remember how much fun people had with Awakening. Like That was around the time social media was really kind of mm-hmm. catching fire and people were sharing the screenshots and people were like, you know, showing like conversation between the characters because the writing was really good mm-hmm. the writing's, writing's really really good yeah and and funny so yeah and i think having a creative character as your main character actually worked out really well uh it's yeah. usually i find in a lot of games persona being a great example of when you have a you know here's your kind of insert character you get kind of this like emotionless, you know, personalityless blob that just kind of acts as an avatar. But Robin, <laughs> Robin's a character. Robin Robin's does great. stuff. Like I, I like that you have this character that you do choose. You know, boy, boy, Robin, girl, Robin at the beginning, but Robin still ends up being an actual character by the end. Awakening, of it. Awakening also has a one of the best, most emotional scenes I've seen in a strategy game with a uh, when Lucina first meets Crom for the first time after you know being separated for however long. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he says to her, "Like I, I should have given you so much more than a sword in a world of problems, or something like mm-hmm. that." It's just like she just breaks down. Lucina is oh, a great character. I, I yeah. love the Lucina plotline. Why it's very good. I'm offended by your choice, Eric. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We have two Fire Emblem games on this list: Fire mm-hmm. Emblem Three Houses mm-hmm. and Fire Emblem Awakening. Do you know uh-huh. what two games we don't have on this list? The Blazing we don't Blade. We have Fire Emblem Blazing Blade, mm-hmm. which is far that was almost superior, my choice. Way better. It's a great game. Great game. Better balanced maps. Just a better game all around. And it made the series in North America. You say that we wouldn't have Fire Emblem Three Houses without Fire Emblem Awakening. We wouldn't have Fire Emblem Awakening without Fire Emblem Blazing Blade. Well, he said that. Just he mentioned that. If we're doing this, we're going all the way back to like genealogy of the Holy War. And also, which is a good genealogy of the Holy War. That is a good game. That is a good game. It's it's one I have not completed, which was which is my hesitation. Same with like Thrashia seven seven six and stuff like that. There there are gaps in my Fire Emblem knowledge that I need to to fill in. Fire Emblem did kind of like. Peter out there though for a while. It was uh, on oh, the Game the, Boy Advance. It was really strong. Yes. And then... Fire Emblem Awakening because yes, it did popularize the series. And I'm yeah. not even that mad about it adding a casual mode. But as a Fire Emblem game, it's fine. Not mm. as good as those mm-hmm. other ones. Just saying. There's another week. There's another week is all I'm saying. <laughs> but will we use that time? We only have four more picks. 
to add actually, another Fire Emblem game. Are we just going to actually keep have another Fire one Emblem that games? I'm tempted? I have another That's one that I'm tempted to put Welcome on to just too. to cause problems, but I'll think about it. Well, here's my pick, and I think this one actually has a shot at making the top 25. And my choice wow. is <laughs> not Legend of Dragoon. It is Dragon's Dogma Dark Arisen, ah. a game mm-hmm. released in 2012, a lovely action RPG from Capcom. Mm-hmm. We all mm-hmm. made fun of Dragon's Dogma Dark Arisen back in the day, back when it first came out on the Xbox 360. We were like, what is this game from Japan? I remember sitting sitting in the corner of a room and everybody ignored it while they went and played the really bad Resident Evil shooter, if I recall correctly. <laughs> but Dragon's Dogma turned out to be amazing. It had a great theme song, had a memorable world. The combat was excellent. It managed to combine Monster Hunter and open world exploration in kind of a soulsy way. That was deeply satisfying. I was shocked by the level of the presentation. It got a really bad TV show for some reason. If I oh, recall that correctly. was terrible. Mm-hmm. Yes. Why? Yeah, it was yeah. really bad. Was that We're Netflix? all waiting for the sequel because when the sequel comes out, it's going to rule and it's going to do mm-hmm. really, really well because Dragon's Dogma is the, def- the definition of the word of mouth game where yeah. everybody yes. goes, but you know what's really awesome? Dragon's Dogma. And everybody mm-hmm. goes, oh. Mm-hmm. And so it's been kind of lodged in subconscious. So the day that Capcom finally announces Dragon's Dogma 2, people are going to be really hyped. And you know who's going to be really hyped? Me. I'm going to be really hyped. And I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the pawn system, which is really good. You get really attached to those little pawns. And so come into your party. Mm-hmm. Great mm-hmm. game. Excellent, excellent game. Very underrated in a lot of ways. Absolutely. And yeah, I, I can't I, argue mm. with it. I think its staying power is self-evident. And one day we'll do a Pantheon on it. But I think that it deserves to be on the list for the top 25 RPG remake 2022. I almost just said a very hot take that I don't know if I want to put out into the world. Oh boy, do it. Do it. I, I think that dragon's dogma deserves the level of recognition that dark souls has at least like dark souls, demon souls level. It's, it is like, it is a game that you go back and you look at it and you say, Holy crap. How are they doing all this back then? I, Mm. I myself have only played maybe about like 10 hours of it, but even while I was playing it, I I was going like there, there was a game doing all this. Like there was all this cool pawn system stuff and daytime, nighttime. And the class system is really, really cool. You can make some really dope classes in that game. that are really Mm -hmm. fun to play as and really interesting to play as too. like really, like vary up the combat styles in interesting ways. The story's pretty good, especially if you like that dark fantasy fiction stuff. And yeah, it's like it's super written in a it way grabbed that me the first time I played it, I was like, wow, this mm-hmm. is actually really good. It's so satisfying yeah. to hang on to monsters like this. Yeah, I love the <laughs> dragon, like the, the mm-hmm. opening with the dragon and, and the heart and all that. It's very good. So yeah. that that's my hot take for the week is that like, it, it is definitely underrated, especially in like that generation of RPGs. It does not get the love that it deserves. So now I'm with you on this, even though you smack talked my pick. <laughs> in the chat, Abby of the Moon said, we're truly out of picks. I don't think so. There's no, actually a whole no, bunch no. of games that we haven't no. put on this list. And here's one of them. This one is from Miss Walker, and it might secretly be one of Hironobu Sakaguchi's greatest RPGs. We just never played it because who the heck is going to play a JRPG on the Xbox 360? That game is Lost Odyssey, and this is what Zalesium has to say. 
I'm a little late to the party, but I noticed that Lost Odyssey hasn't been nominated yet. An early entry from Miss Walker, Lost Odyssey is a great throwback to older JRPGs, particularly Final Fantasy. One of the greatest assets to the games are short stories, known as A Thousand Years of Dreams. While the game could have just showed came uh, past through flashbacks and animated cutscenes, there are some beauty in how these stories take you aside from the main road and elaborates on the breadth of experiences he has lived in his immortal life. This game is great in just about every aspect, and the one thing I'd say that's disappointing is, given how Miss Walker doesn't revisit their older works, it's unlikely that we'll ever see it resurface outside of the Xbox 360. But at least there's backwards compatibility through Xbox consoles. Um, Thankfully, yeah. Lost Odyssey was very, very good, and sadly, it's a tad forgotten. But the thing that I really like about it is that it's stately, and I think the short mm. stories uh, really reflect that. That's a good pick. I've never been able to play it myself, though. I would like to. You should. Yeah. I think yeah. you can play it on Series X. Yeah. So then I have to turn it on. <laughs> yeah. It's going to blow off the long, the big layer of dust on it. Though I still have to play Tunic. So I'll play, play that. So do, but I'm waiting for that to come to Switch. I mean, so say we all, right? So for, yeah. It's mm-hmm. funny. Mm-hmm. Xbox is actually uh, the leader in the market right now or over the PS5. And everybody's like, yeah, but I don't turn it on. Really? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but come Starfield time, oh my god, I cannot wait for Starfield. That's going to be different. Yeah, I, uh, I yeah. locked in my my Steam Deck pre order today, so that's what I'll play <gasps> Tunic. You got to do that? Oh my god! Yeah. Come on, Valve. Yeah. Come on, Valve. I'm. <laughs> I played a bunch of them in Boston. People were walking around with them on the show floor. Yeah, and there's a whole lot. What one guy was kind enough to let me kind of hold his and get an idea of the heft and stuff, and he had jet grind radio on it, and I was just like, oh, damn, damn, mm-hmm. Trust, yeah. that guy's very trusting. I, yeah, I'm, I'm, like, I'm a trustworthy you just wandered number up like, one. Hey, hey, dude, no, can we, I hold your Steam we Deck? Were, yeah, we sure. Were here you go. Out. We were we were waiting in line at the X Seed booth to play some stuff, and he was playing some stuff, and I was watching, and we were having a nice. You just got to be nice to people. You just got to chat with people. I'm a very personable person. I'm not going to jack someone's Steam Deck. First of all, there's so many people. There'd be so many witnesses. I would never get away with it. <laughs> number two, <laughs> uh, but Let's yeah, be no, logical. It's totally chill. Like people were honestly just excited to be hanging out and stuff. So yeah, they they had their it Steam Decks very, out and they were like, yeah. "Look, check it out. It's so cool. I got a Steam Deck." It was a very chill packs. So that was one thing I could say for it. Like I, I liked how chill it was. Nadia, take us home. Okay, so I already kind of did you uh, a favor to you guys with the bonus and the battery, but uh, I guess, I don't know if it counts as nostalgia, last week I went on kind of a walking tour of Boston after PAX, because I have a, a good friend who lives there, and she took me around to like, you know, I saw Paul Revere's grave, for example, and I'm like, oh shit, I gotta see if there's a Pokemon stop here, so I took out my phone, opened up Pokemon Go, and of course, it's a, it's a Pokemon gym. Not only that, John Hancock's grave was being invaded by Team Rocket Go. So I was like, oh shit, I gotta save John Hancock's grave. So I went ahead and did that. And see, this is all very familiar to me because um, maybe it's a little disrespectful to have a gym over John Hancock's grave, but in my neighborhood, they have a whole bunch of gyms around Holocaust Memorial. So, <laughs> so uh, several years ago, going kind of on this on this like vein of thought here, um, 
there's a, a park near me that has like a very big Holocaust memorial and uh, mm-hmm. it's a gym. It's a Pokemon gym. I'm like, oh shit, I got to take over this gym. Like, this is this has to be symbolic. Like my relatives' names are on that wall. So I really got to take over this gym. This is something I have to do. So I went over there as a team instinct jerk offs, like t- swarming the place. I'm like, get out of here, you idiot. So I got rid of them. I took over the gym. I'm like, yes, there I am. I have conquered my demons, I suppose, in a way. And uh, <laughs> then some kids come by and just kick me right out of my gym. Oh, uh, you assholes. That was <laughs> that was my Holocaust Memorial gym. How dare you? That was my territory. But uh, kids don't uh, kids don't listen. So, <laughs> so that was uh, I, I suppose I have two things on my list now where I could say I defended Paul Revere's grave. I defended John Hancock's grave and I defended a, a Holocaust Memorial for a while there. And that didn't work out so well. But the point is. Uh, Boston's a very nice city. I'm glad I had a nice walking tour of it. And uh, it's really nice when you live in a city like Toronto where it's like, hey, that building is two seconds old. We got to tear it down and, and build condos. But in Boston, I could actually see like, wow, stuff from the 1800s. This is really oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. So that's something I didn't. I really never get to see. So yeah, I enjoyed my time in Boston very much. And Pokemon Go is, is always like, you know, encouraging you to do bad things. And that's probably the way it should be. Thank you very much hearing like brock and missy being like we gotta go ash <laughs> team rocket's <laughs> trying to take over paul revere's grave <laughs> <laughs> and the guy the, the team rocket guy is like throwing bug pokemon at me i'm like are you serious and i just stomped that dude like i curb stomped him nook or pit do you think I don't know. The I, Holocaust Memorial thing kind of makes it a pit. I was like, Nook. But then <laughs> I was like, but it, also a Holocaust Memorial gym. Not just a Holocaust Memorial gym. A Holocaust Memorial gym with my relative names on it. God. Amazing. But you took it over, right? For a second. Then some kids came yeah. by. Until the Team Instinct youths kicked you out with their the Mewtwo's. Two- <laughs> <laughs> team Instinct, like, stoners. That's all they do. Sit around, eat Arby's, and smoke pot. <laughs> Boston is a very lovely city and shout out to all of our blood God listeners in Boston. And thanks to everybody who came to PAX East. That's it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening. Once again, if you enjoyed the show, go ahead and leave us a review on the podcatcher of your choice. You can follow me on Twitter at the underscore Catbot. Nadia is at Nadia Oxford and Eric is at Siemens C-S-E-A-M-O-O-S-I. As usual, we'll be heading over to the Acts of the Blood God post-show, which is accessible if you join our Patreon at the Stars of Destiny tier. Thanks again so much to our Stars of Destiny listeners who are currently in the chat and look forward to lots more bonus content if you're subscribed to the Patreon. We'll be back next week, as always, to talk more about the genre that we love. But until then, for Nadia, Eric, and myself, thanks for listening. Happy adventuring. Nadia, take us home.
Oh, no music. Okay. Uh, <laughs> 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 Yay. <laughs> 